Well, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Y'all, it's awful quiet in here right now. <laughs> there ain't as many of you here today, so y'all are going to have to work extra hard. Verse 1, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, and all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings. You can just stop right there practically. And <laughs> If we would just lay all that aside, I tell you what, our walk with Christ would be so much easier. We would have such more peace in our lives that we would just lay aside all that nasty stuff. Lay aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings. As newborn babes desire the sincere Milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. What does that tell you about the Word of God? It is necessary for your life as a Christian. Necessary. Just like a baby must have milk. Right? Just like an adult must have food to eat to sustain their life. They have to have it. Right? You as a Christian must have the Word of God on a regular basis. You know what? I can't eat once a month and expect to live a healthy life, can I? I have to eat it on a regular basis. Some of us, like me, eat a little more often than others. Right? Or our quantities are larger. Right? Or the things we eat are not as healthy. But I'm here to tell you though, the Word of God is necessary for your life as a Christian. If you want to be an abundant Christian, guess what you need to do? You need to have an abundant uh, study time in the Word. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Why? To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. This is why you are established as a Christian, so that you can offer up those sacrifices. It doesn't say fleshly sacrifices. It says spiritual sacrifices. Verse 6, Wherefore, also, it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. How many of y'all feel like Jesus is precious? He is. I don't want to hear nobody talk bad about him. Right? If I hear somebody say the name of Jesus in a negative context, man, it just rubs me the wrong way. Right off the bat. Because He's precious to me. I I have first-hand intimate knowledge of who Jesus is, right? He came and dwelt within me. He is something that I hold precious. If somebody were to say something about my wife, you think I'd get upset? Yeah. Because she's precious to me. It's the same way with Jesus, but probably even more so. 
I will not tolerate somebody to talk bad about my Jesus. You know why? Because He came and lived on this earth and He didn't do anything to justify the punishment He received. He lived a perfect and holy life. And because of that, I'm able to be redeemed. I ain't going to stand for somebody to talk bad about Him. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Didn't matter what the builders thought about it, he's still the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. And listen, verse 9, but you are a chosen generation. Okay, so he said, but, right? So that stuff that we just talked about does not apply to those of us that consider ourselves to be Christians, Christ followers, children of the Most High King. That does not apply to us. What what goes after that but does, okay? But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now y'all, as I read these things, I want you to examine yourself real quick. And see if this stuff applies. And if it doesn't, I want you to say, why don't it? Why don't I fit that mold? You're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. Why argue those things? The rest of the verse tells you that you should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Y'all, my King and my Master is so great. He took He took people that weren't a group of people. They were just scattered around. They were some here, some there, over here. People that were rejected. People that were, that were set outside the walls. People that were, were not involved in the, the clique, so to speak. He took all of those people and he mixed them in with those that were the chosen, right? He said, I'm going to make all of you a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. I'm going to bring you out of darkness. I want you to hear what I'm saying right now because there was a time in my life when I lived in darkness. There was a time in my life when I, I, I heard the stories, right? I heard the Word of God. I knew about that guy named Jesus. But there was a time I was in darkness. But there came a day, and I'm here to tell you, I was a, it was a joyful day. There came a day when the Holy Spirit reached out and He said, Kevin, it's time that you come. He called me out of that darkness. And from that day forth, because I answered the call, I was in marvelous light. I want you to understand that it is nothing like being in darkness. There's no comparison. When you're in that darkness, you can't see what's going on around you. Y'all ever been in, in, in such darkness that you can't see anything? You know what I usually do if I'm in that situation? I just close my eyes. They're useless. 
Think about that now. I just close my eyes. I can't see anything anyway. And that's what so many people are in today, even to this day. And that's why God has not sent His Son back. There's still those that are in darkness. Listen, when I was in darkness, there was a man, a human being, that spoke those words of life. I heard that call from a person. Now, without the Holy Spirit working, it wouldn't have done no good. Like all the times before. You hear me? See, I was raised in Sunday school. I had heard all that before. This wasn't a new thing, Brother Tim. This wasn't some new revelation that somebody spewed out of their mouth. This was the same thing I had heard time after time after time. But the difference was He called me out of darkness. He said, it's your time, Kevin. Now is the chance. This is your opportunity to come out of that darkness. And I said, yes, Lord. I responded. And you know what He did? He opened that door and I could see some light. Y'all hear me this morning now. I could see some light and I went toward the light. I said, no, I'm tired of being in darkness. I'm tired of this hopelessness. I hear what He's saying and I don't want that for my life. You see, I heard the the preaching of what was going to happen to me if I didn't find Jesus. And for that moment in my life, all of a sudden, it had a reason. I had heard the stories of the Old Testament. I knew about David. I knew about Moses. I knew about Elijah. I had spent my entire youth in Sunday school. I knew all those stories. Could quote the Ten Commandments. Could quote Psalms 23. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Until He called me out of darkness. Then it mattered. The Word talks about being, being things being built precept upon precept. You see, all that stuff I learned did me some good on that day. It didn't do me any good before then because He didn't call me yet. Okay? Why am I telling y'all this today? Like I said, there are still people all over this world that are sitting in darkness this very moment. They give up. You know why you close your eyes when you're in total darkness like that? Because you realize they ain't doing you no good. You say, forget it. I'll just sit here with my eyes closed. I might as well close them and save the brain resources, right? Maybe I can close my eyes. Maybe I'll be able to smell a little better or hear a little better and find my way around. Shut down that part of my brain. You're sitting in darkness. You just give up. I might as well wait, right? I can't find my way around this unfamiliar place. I'm just going to sit here and wait until I see some light. Until I hear something that directs me the right way or whatever. And y'all, I was there in that place. I can, I can still remember the calling of the Holy Spirit. He, he tugged at my heart. He said, go. You hear Him? Go. Go down there. Respond to what He's saying. You know it's the right thing, Kevin. You know you don't want to stay where you are. You know you need a difference. You know you don't want 
what's coming if you don't answer that call. And I heard him. And I fought. But then I decided it wasn't worth fighting for. Why am I telling you this today when I look across this this crowd here and I see most of y'all I know for fact are Christians? Because I'm here to tell you today it was just a man that spoke those words. Right? Just a man. Happened to be my father. Right? What about all those other people, those Sunday school teachers, those other evangelists and other things I heard before? What about them? They were just people. But they were doing the will of God. You see, they were operating in His will. They were doing what He called them to do. They were already in the marvelous light, calling out to those that were in darkness. Y'all, where do we fall into that place? You see, we're a chosen generation. Why? A royal priesthood. Why? That we may show forth His praises and and be part of that thing that calls those out of darkness. I'm here to tell you today, it's our duty, it's our responsibility, it's our calling that we reach out to those that are in darkness. We sit in church sometimes. Oh man, we come, we fellowship together. We find our friends and our believers, all those that we know, that we love, and we just hang out with them. And that's great, man. But there's more to it. (laughs) There's more to it. Who are we talking to all the rest of the week? I don't hardly see many of my fellow church members here during the week. Every now and then I see some of y'all. That means I'm dealing with a whole different group of people. What is the percentage of them that are sitting in darkness? You see, the whole lot of them are just like I was. They sit in church. Especially in Houston County. Y'all, you know, I don't even know what the percentage of people in Houston County are that go to church on Sundays. But I bet it's high. Right? But how many of them? are still sitting there at whatever age they are today. People you work with. People you go to school with. People you know and see on a regular basis. How many of them are going into those churches on Sunday and they sit there not listening, not hearing the call because the Word's not going forth like it ought to during the week. I want y'all to hear me today. The, the, the guy that was preaching on that Sunday was just doing what he was supposed to do. But what about all the other people that came before him? You see, my dad was a preacher. He just happened to be in the right place at the right time. But if it wouldn't have been for all those other people involved in my life, doing what God had called them to do, it might not have worked the same way. Oh, listen. I know there's plenty of people that... Get up and go to a evangelist during a crusade. They, man, they go down there and they give their life to Jesus. Maybe they'd never even heard the name Jesus before and they do it right then. I know it happens, y'all, but the, the, the real truth of the matter is that most people are not saved that way. It's precept upon precept.
my kids were not saved that way. I bet most of y'all could sit here and say, my kids were not saved that way. You know how my kids were? Well, first of all, it's the grace of God. Second of all, it's because they, they sat under teaching. And they learned the truth. They learned, do you understand the percentages of people that are saved after the age of 18 are so slim. If you don't get them young, you miss a chance. Y'all, there's people today that you know on a daily basis that are just sitting in darkness. They give off this form of godliness because that's the way they've been taught. But they haven't responded to that call yet. They're still sitting in darkness. The marvelous light is waiting on the other side of that door and they're sitting there. We have to do our duty. You might be that one person. You might be that one person that one day stands up and says, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm just going to be obedient to God. See, y'all, I know most of y'all remember my dad. I'm going to tell you right now, there wasn't anything special about him. He's just a normal person. Right? I knew him well enough to know that. He had faults and failures just like anybody else. There wasn't anything extraordinary about him. Okay? Except God. But God. God is what made him extraordinary. God is what made him outstanding. You see, the thing that was in him that was different was the same thing that can be or maybe is in each and every one of us. And I'm here to tell you today that you can have an impact on people. You can be the light to this world. That's what we're called to be. Salt and light. We're not, we're not supposed to dwell in darkness. We're to be a light. We've got to change our attitude. You know what the easy thing to do when you get around people sitting in darkness is? Cover that light. Cover it up. Y'all ever been in the dark and somebody turns the lights on all of a sudden? What do you do? Right? It's uncomfortable, ain't it? It's uncomfortable when somebody's just going around shining lights in your eyes. Even though it very well may be the thing you need. Right? You say, Kevin, what in the world are you talking about? (laughs) I know it seems like I'm just going on sometimes. But y'all, it's, it's easy to be around people and cover your light up. See, that's what's comfortable. You want them people called out of darkness? Who here does? I want them, I want them called, man. Come out of darkness. I don't want to see them perish, right? Just like Jesus said, I would that none of you would perish. We've got to show a light to them. Even though it may be uncomfortable, even though it may not be the popular thing, we've got to show them a light. We've got to be obedient to His Word. 